Okay. Now this morning's message, um, I'm going to challenge you. We have to change our culture, our idea of church. We just do, because uh, I think we're missing it. We're just missing it. So the challenge is this today, and I hope that you have ears to hear, because it will cost you. It's going to cost you, but if you don't pay it, who's going to? If the church doesn't heed the word, if the church doesn't see it, if the church doesn't step up, I mean, who's going to? We need people who fear God and believe the word of God and then apply it, apply it to their lives. We do. So I'm going to challenge you in changing your thinking. You must change your thinking when it comes to church and the things of God. You just, you just must. You have to change it because we're not getting it, including me. You have to alter your schedules. It's time to alter the schedules. I don't know if America can be redeemed. I mean, if God wants to, if God says, I'm going to redeem it today, of course he will. But I don't know whether he's going to. We have stuck our fist in God's face for a long time. For a long time, we've told God to hit the road, and now we're doing publicly and openly. So I don't know. But you have to alter your schedules. You physically have to alter them. You just do. You also have to give up more of your time. Thank you, Brian. You just do. You just have to. There's, there's no other way around it. You have to alter your schedules, give up more of your time, and that's why I mean you've got to change your thinking. Change your thinking. There are times that you and I must come together absolutely unhindered by things of the world. Obviously, during Sunday, we must. We must. We just absolutely must. In fact, I believe on these, more of these Sunday night services, we're going to be changing to prayer. We've got to have red-hot, white, God-given, God-inspired prayer back in the house of God. We just have to by what's going on out there. And so this is what's going to have to change your thinking. Wednesday not is, a hit or, is not a hit or miss. It just can't be. It just can't be. I am calling upon this church to change your thinking. Alter your schedules. Alter them. Do your very best to alter your schedules. Now, if you have a boss that looks you dead in the face and say, absolutely not, I can understand that stuff. But alter your schedules. Alter them. I've had kids in ball. I've had daughter in special things at the high school. And we said, look, they're in, but they ain't showing up on these days. Alter your schedules. I'm begging you. Because the condition of the church and what you and I are going to have to face, alter them. Change your thinking. Give up more of your time. Wednesday, we are coming together. Now, we have been for a long time, but it kind of gets mundane and ordinary. You have to take a greater step, another look, fresh oil, something, Lord. Help us. We've got to have this. So the title of this morning's schedule is Many Things. Many things, and it comes from being stirred from messages that I try to listen to, old teachings I try to read and, and line up with the Word of God because a lot of the new stuff out there is no good. Just no good, all fluff and calories. Uh, John 16, 12, this scripture in one way kind of haunts me. It says this, Christ says this to you and I, I have yet many things to say unto you. Many things, many more things than he's even said. Many more things that are even recorded. But here's the part that gets me. He says, but you cannot bear them now. We cannot bear them. It's as if we don't have the ability to understand. Or we don't have the, the level of commitment that it takes, or the maturity, or the strength. In that scripture, many things, many things. And so I kind of look at that into my own self and I'll say, okay, God, but why not? I want to know. And I believe that the Lord has shown me. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 3, 
1 through 2, he says this, listen, uh, and I, brethren, I want you to understand that third word. Paul talking to the Corinthian church, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Unto babes in Christ. Now, the word spirit, uh, speak unto you as in spiritual, means this, one who is filled with and governed by the Spirit of God. One who is filled with and governed by the Spirit of God. That's what that means as far as speak unto you uh, spiritual. And the word carnal simply means governed by mere human nature, not by the Spirit of God. So, night and day, you got that, right? This is simple 101 Christianity. Now here's something. These people are part of the family of God. They are. Paul calls them brethren. Now you know a lot of churches, when, you, when you're uh, considered in the kingdom of God, you'll call them Brother Chase and Brother Jim and Sister Laura Lee and Sister That. And you wouldn't say that if it wasn't someone in church, in God. So Paul calls them brethren. And this, so this seems to be the problem, though. They, they have the Holy Spirit, unlike the natural man of 1 Corinthians 2.14, which says this, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They don't. And so I wouldn't be calling someone like that brother. They're not my brother. Only thing that makes us brother is being born again into the kingdom of God. And so Paul says to them, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. It's foolishness to alter your schedule. I can make money. One of the first things I heard when I became born again into the things of God and the kingdom of God, you go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday? Oh my gosh, Why? It's the inability to understand spiritual things. It's foolishness to them. Now look, look, look. We always duck this one because we say that's the carnal man. But Paul now is saying, look, brethren, I want to talk to you spiritually. I want to talk to you as if you're governed and moved upon by the Spirit of God, but I can't. Now look, he says, For they are foolishness unto them, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. It's spiritually discerned, this challenge I'm giving you, about altering your schedule. This is not a guilt trip. That's a lie from the enemy. Look, that word foolishness. For they are foolishness to man. That word can be changed to silly. It's silly. It's silly to come back. I was there this morning. It's silly to come on Wednesday. Silly to put that much time. Well, I live so far away. Look at gas. It's silly. These people are not behaving like spiritual people, but like carnal. That's carnal thinking. That is fleshly type people, like immature Christians, like Paul calls babes in Christ. I mean, you, I don't have to spend any time, any moments trying to tell you the urgency of the hour, the darkness of our nation. I don't have time. It, it, that's, that's just so obvious anymore. So Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, verse 2, he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. Now there's a big debate kind of over these scriptures if there could be such thing as a carnal Christian. Either you're saved or not. Some say it's a contradiction in terms. But what's baffling is Paul calls them brethren. Paul, in the Word of God, calls them brethren. Yet he clearly calls them out and says they're babes in Christ. 
when they shouldn't be. We have some precious newborn children. They're, they're babes. They're not adults. They're not expected. Certain things because of their stature, little tiny, the best thing they can do is sleep and have milk. And so Paul was talking about this group of people. How could he use these terms if they weren't a Christian? So we find these, these Christians who never really grow up or who never really get it or, or understand we need a change of our thinking. These Christians, to some extent, are thinking and acting according to the flesh and not the Spirit yet. Brother Joe, Sister Tiffany. Of course, the, the flesh doesn't dominate every aspect of their life. Rank heathen, then we would say, obviously, they're not saved. But Paul is addressing an issue where they clearly are thinking and acting in a carnal, fleshly manner when they've been born again, being governed still by the old man instead of the new. So the call to come to arms, step it up, turn the heat up, is silliness. What? I'm busy. So, 1 Corinthians 3, 2 says, For hitherto we are not able to bear this, neither yet now are we able. Still not able. I hate this thing about me. I hate this part about me, this carnal nature. There's more for me, but I am behaving too young to handle it. And God says, I have many more things to tell you. But you're not able to bear it. Hebrews 5.12 says this, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which by the first principles of the oracles of God in have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Not of strong meat. Look, <clears throat> for God, we'll do it. Church in America, the God's church in America, what he would put his stamp and approval on. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The Lord is not going to trust us with his power. And his glory and his manifested kabod, the weighty glory of God. I don't put Luke behind my car or Isaac. They can't handle the responsibility. They don't understand how much power is behind that car, that two-ton car, the damage that it can do. So obviously, I don't. Even when they're 16 and they're supposed to be of age, you worry like crazy. They would take this two-and-a-half-ton car and drive 50 miles an hour. Ravenhill said this, you don't give your precious jewels or jewelry to children to play with. We try to have all kinds of various things for our grandsons. I've never seen Ruth ever take them to all her precious jewelry and rings that I've bought her throughout the years. Pearls and diamonds or whatever. And say, here, go play with these. Go out in the backyard, honey. Have fun with your Legos and this jewelry. Why would God do that to us? So what should we be like? Now listen, get, part, get, get away from that first part now. Don't sit Don't have that attitude. Listen. The greatest deception we're going to deal with. For a long time, I would think, man, one of the top deceptions is separation of church and state. Man, that's a bad one. That's a horrible one. Wish it was never conceived. 
But it's true, and it's out there altering everything in America. But that's not the one I'm talking about. Deuteronomy 26 says this about you and I. Listen, about you and I. Paul said, or Deuteronomy said, And the Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people. God has, if the breath that's in your lungs is from God because you are born from above, then this scripture's talking about you. God says, I have avouched thee this day, you, to be peculiar, as he has promised thee that thou should keep his commandments. Look, you, I don't care what you're going through, what mountains you're climbing. Avowed says this, God has challenged and charged you, me, new hope. I have charged thee this day to be his peculiar people. That's not an option. It's not like you go in and you don't want an automatic, you want a stick. I don't want air, I don't want, it. I don't want to pay for it. It's not an option. God says, I have avouched thee. I have challenged thee this day to be peculiar. Peculiar meaning unusual, special. We are the people that call upon God. That's what they were known as before it came up with the term Christian. They were known as the people that call upon God. That's what set them apart. Please don't get this wrong. Don't you ever get this wrong. I love when you come down and the groups come around and surround you by prayer. I loved it because Alyssa is going off somewhere and her hordes of friends and everybody comes and surrounds her with prayer. I love that. I love that. If that's all we got. You need to alter your thinking. Alter your schedules. Alter them. Deuteronomy 26, 19 says this, because we are to keep his commands and be peculiar to make thee. God says, and to make thee high above all nations. That's what he wants to do, which he hath made in praise, in name, in honor, that thou mayest be a holy people unto the Lord thy God as he hath spoken. But look, come on, let's be honest. I want to be honest as a pastor, even myself, pointing the finger at myself even. We're ordinary. I'm saved. My name's written on a Lamb's book of life. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If I was to drop dead right now, I believe I'd go in heaven. But I'm ordinary. Because we've been tricked. And the enemy is just fine with ordinary. Which in another term could be lukewarm. Oh, let's just admit it. What great moves, what great power, what great anticipation, what great excitement did you come with? What great praise on your heart. I can't wait to get to the house of God. I can't wait. Ordinary means routine. Predictable. Oh, God, help me to run hard into a wall. Church with a living, almighty God is predictable? Ordinary? I pray that our parking lot is not ordinary. Do you understand what I mean by that? As soon as that tire rolls on it, there's a holiness that comes through the car, whether you like it or not. Customary. Methodical. That's what the word ordinary means. Now you tell me that our prayer times aren't ordinary, methodical, routine. That's why, again, 
again, again, again, we're trying to institute changing of the culture, changing of your mind. Because God says his place shall be called a what? A house of prayer. So when they crack the door open, as we give the band a few more times to tune it and sharpen it up, we want you to come down and pray and seek God. That shouldn't be radical thinking or crazy thinking to us. It should be, you should be outside the other side of that door just like waiting, man, waiting for that door to open to go down and pray. But we've been deceived. You know we have. Because here's how. Well, all I can do is pray. Situation is so bad, so overwhelming. All I can do is pray. All the indents in the wall that you see is me running into the wall. I'm not saying you're the goof. There's nothing ordinary about God. What's ordinary about God? How did we master this great gospel and almighty God into methodical ordinariness? How'd we do it? String that person up! Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Twinkling stars so far away. What do they say? Takes seven years for you to see the twinkle of the star that you're singing with your little kid. Twinkle, twinkle. That light took off seven years before he was born. And you and I go, all we can do is pray. We have been duped. Job 26, 7 says, He stretcheth out the north over the empty place and hangeth the earth upon nothing. Do you go before God? You say, God, I'm so broke, Lord, I don't have nothing. What's God say? <laughs> Big deal. Nothing's pretty awesome. It's what's holding the earth up. Isn't it? The problem is you and I come with too much ability to God. All God needs is nothing. Do you understand? What you've staked your life on, your future, built your house on, drive on, is built and hung on Nothing. Nothing. God spoke it. It's hung there on nothing. Psalmist <laughs> says, By the word of the Lord were their heavens made, listen, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. <laughs> Stars. <laughs> and there they are. How can we look at prayer? As a pain in the back. How do we need an altering of the schedule to talk to a God who says, oh, a little low on stars, more. How about a big bad one, sun, and a lesser one for night, moon. By the breath, moon. He's not an ordinary God. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth them up in the depth and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Stand in awe. Remember that song? I stand, I stand in awe of Thee. If you haven't heard that, we need to get it. Standing in awe of God. He's not an ordinary God, therefore we cannot be ordinary people. How can we be? How can I take 
an unbelievable, fantastic God put him in me, or he puts himself in me and becomes ordinary. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I'm ordinary. Just one of you. Do you understand what the enemy's doing right now? You've got all us in those little bassinets and rocking it. Na, 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 go to sleep, my baby, my baby, my baby. The last thing he wants the church to do is go, what? Who's shouting? Ordinary. Acts 6, 8. These are folks. This is you and I. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great works and miracles among the people. Please, how can we be ordinary? Micah 3.8 but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might to declare unto Jacob his transgressions and to Israel his sin. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. A little story on Finney. Some of you know it. Charles Finney. Altered his thinking. He went to school, became a lawyer in the United States. As he read all the lawyer books and studied for the exams, you understand that America's books of law and lawyers were filled with Scripture. Filled with Scripture. He got saved reading law books. Changed his thinking, altered his time, and gave himself to the work of God. Became one of America's greatest evangelist, Charles Finney, traveled through a small village. Its sin and darkness gripped him. You ever feel sin and darkness? You can feel it. You're a spirit-led person. Off he went to a private part of the woods to war in prayer against, listen, whoever Satan has designated to this village. Did you get that? There are evil forces designated on Zanesville, on New Hope, on your life, and mine. Nearly a day went by. Based on what I've read about Fiddy, the article says, I can imagine the prayer session was violent. You've got to move, God! After he praised God and trounced demons, he arose and walked over to a textile factory on the edge of the village. All he did was look at the factory workers, and they began to sob for forgiveness from God. Soon, as, uh, soon an entire village was swept up into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And all he did was look at them after he prayed. That's history. That's recorded history from just a dude who went off to college. What profession? You want to be a truck driver, lawyer? I think I'll try lawyer. Saw that. Saw the unordinariness of this God all through the law books and decided to alter his way of thinking and his schedule. Truly was full of the power of God by the Spirit of the Lord and just looked at heathens. They wept under conviction. What have we done? We've come to the point where we want to give them visitor packets with New Hope names on the pen. Make them feel good. Make sure 59 people say hello to them before they come in the door. It's not evil. It's not an evil thing. But that's what we're called to do and called to be. And you and I have been deceived and think it's unattainable. We can't do that. I'm just Joe, the wall uh, paper hanger. I'm just Bill, the truck driver. 
I'm just Sally the mom. I'm just trying to get by. Hudson Taylor, fantastic missionary to China. He says, it is possible to move men through God by prayer alone. You understand? I don't care if your son lives in Timbuktu. You can reach him right here. The prophet Micah said, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. What's that do? Does that stir anybody? Remember now, God's not going to just give that to a a 10-year-old, 11-year-old Luke. Go drive that big car full of power and spirit. He's not going to do it. Listen, 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this about you and I. Know you not that you are the temple of God? Listen, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. I am full of spirit and power. Dwells in me. It it dwells in me. It's in me. It's in you. If you are truly a Christian. It's in you. In you. Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. All right, so why is nothing happening? I forgot I was going to get myself a chair. Excuse me. So I have the Spirit of God inside of me, dwells in me. Know you not? Yeah, I do know that. The Godhead bodily. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then what's happening? I don't know. This is what we do. Yeah, what's happening? Why not, Pastor? So here's Pastor's answer. I don't know. Look, look, it's in us. Do you see it in the Word of God? You can't deny it. Every one of you, it's in you. Unless you're playing a game and you're faked out, you faked me out, which is fine. I can be faked out, but you can't fake God out. I can be going, it's in you, it's in you, and God's going, well, it's not in that one. But, but you understand what I'm saying. Wherefore, Paul says to Timothy, I put you in remembrance that you stir it up. This is not stirring it up. And this is what we have gold medals in. I have lots of them. I've never been dethroned, man. I am awesome. You come up against me, forget it. I can do this a lot longer than you can. I perfected it. The Trinity's in me. And this is what I've brought it to. And God moves upon Paul to write to a young minister and says, stir it up. What do we do? Come on, God, do something. You're to stir it up. You're seeing them, right? The, the scriptures. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Okay, now here, that word stir is to kindle. Look it up yourself. That word kindle means light a fire.
Okay, we're into weenie roast season, too. Come out, we're going to have a weenie roast. See, you got everything there. We're all sitting around, no fire. The wood's there, everything's there that you need to. And Ruth and I stand there with our raw hot dogs. This is stupid. I think we'll never come back. This is dumb. Your s'mores aren't s'moring. Because there's no fire. Right? And yet we expect them. So you might say, uh, Keith, you got a little kindle? You can, what do you do something here? Ah, I just thought it would do it on its own. Put everything in there. You have to alter your thinking. Alter your schedule. Or we're happy with what we have. We're happy with raw hot dogs, raw marshmallows, and make the best of it. No. Someone has to be hearing. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. Do you understand what's inside of you? The, power, the greatest deception is that the enemy has tricked you into not praying or to hardly praying or to genuflecting. I don't want you to call it. Speak Joshua to the Lord when the day delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, S-U-N, stand still. A man did that. A man who had spent time with God and was stirring and kindling all that he could. Then spoke believing prayer. They're at war and they're losing daylight. And the big S-U-N's going down. And a man looks up and commands it, stand still. <laughs> the sun stops from the prayer of a dude. So what's going through here? Well, I don't know. If it's, I just is that silly to you, brethren? Is it silly? Is that foolishness? Do you understand the power we could have if we just believed it? But we don't. We don't alter our schedules. You know. No offense, Billy is never going to be nothing in football, but if they have practice on Wednesday, you're there. And Bobby, the great baseball player, give me a break. America is about to have a huge upheaval. You understand what I'm saying about alter schedule? You're thinking. And by the way, he said the moon too. Ah, don't move. There's an intense war going on, good against evil. Is that going on? Is it going on now? We might not call them Amorites. Shouldn't we be going, oh, God, give us more light? I guess it gets even more sillier. It says this in 2 Kings. And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the things that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back 10 degrees? Hezekiah answered, It's a light thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. No, but let the shadow return backwards 10 degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees back. A dude. Dudes. People. 
Is it a light thing to have the sun go down? It goes down naturally. It's the way God spoke it. And Isaiah said, no, it's not. No, back that baby up. God, but no problem. Backed it up. Just from folks praying. Yes. Who believed to pray? Who said, look, this one thing I do, leave me alone. Honey, get the meal on yourself. I'm going to pray. You going to stay home? I'm going. Ding dong. Oh, hello. Hi. Sorry, we're going to church. You coming? We don't. We don't. We don't. We just don't. And yet, our nation is just plummeting. All the prophets on NBC, ABC, Fox are telling you every day to the point where you're going to go crazy. This cannot be foolishness to you. It cannot. It cannot. Unless you're the natural man and you're functioning. You love God, but you're functioning naturally, thinking naturally. Naturally. See, this, this will sound like a guilt trip, but it's not. And even now, what I'm saying and what I'm about to say will really make you feel like a guilt trip, but it's not. It's not meant to be that. So at Wednesday at 7, what are you doing? Line it up to what we're just preaching. I understand work. I understand that. Well, we have babies. Well, we have a nursery. Well, I just had another child. We have four. No, I'm trying to be as raw, open as the situation is calling for. Well, Wednesday's my only time I can do do it on another day. Well, I can't do it on any other Then don't do it. And now we're praying on Saturday night. We're going to try to pray every Saturday. Sometimes we can't, but we're going to try. Because we have to. We must. Because I want to be able to handle the precious jewels that God has for new hope. I want to be able to regard them and hold them and expect more from a lost and dying people. Look, I have been preaching, I think, I don't know who's been here the longest, but I've been preaching, I think, the same for as long as I know of. Okay? And it, it might move some here and there. It hasn't done any great thing. But don't come up and say, yes, it has. I'm not looking for that either. It hasn't done any great moves. Don built that wall so we can take that whole wall down. The building will still stand. for the crowd that's going to come. That's been 14 or 15 years ago. So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying there's not good preaching in America. I sure hope I'm not saying there's not good preaching here. Our music and our worship was sweet this morning. Just sweet. The breath in my lungs. Sweet stuff. That hasn't pushed out the wall. The only thing that moves folks is prayer. Praying. I mean praying like we don't know how yet. 
And that's what we need to do. History records it. That's what I'm telling you is all true. Every revival has started in birth from people agonizing in prayer. From people who said, no, I'll be back later. I got to go and pray. Now, the whole thing on Wednesday, we're asking for what? One hour. I hope it comes to a point where you're saying, don't stop it, don't stop it. That the prayer is just gone, you're just gone and caught up. Have you ever been just gone and caught up in prayer that you're stunned how much time has gone by? You understand, I look, I know what I am saying. This cannot be trumped up. Not even by me. I can't say, okay, Joe, listen to yourself and do it. I'm begging God to do something with this lump of clay. I'm begging God to do something with the heart of new hope. Let them hear it, God. Let them see it. Let them anticipate it. Then they'll alter their schedules. They won't care how long of a drive. We'll just say we've got to get there. It's happened throughout the history. So, when Jesus said in John 16, 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. I hope that changes in us. I hope that God has said, finally, finally, we stop this stuff and say, let's go. Let's stir ourselves up. And every time I do, which I've started a number of days ago, the enemy's quick to say, you phony, you faker. And I just keep going. That's why I told you on Wednesday, please come down here. Remember, I said Wednesday, gather right here. Quit being all here. I need you by me so I can hear you, so I can get strength from you, so you will kindle me, that I can cry out to God. Let's stand. I know everybody's circumstances are different. I know that, I know that, I know that. And so you don't have to rush to me. I am nobody. I am nobody. And try to explain to me why you can't be here or why can't, please. There's no need to that. I know that various things happen at times, sometimes. They'll happen to me. I know they will. At times. Have to take off to Pittsburgh week from today. I'm not going to go Saturday. I have to go Sunday. If I go Saturday, it would be a lot simpler, a lot less stress, a lot easier travel. We just go, get a room, stay there, handle what I got to handle the next morning. But I want to be back there praying. I, no, no. I won't even say I want to be. I need to be back there praying. So we're going to pray every Wednesday night. And I'm going to be challenging you. I know that we're all different. I know that some can sit on that pew there and cry out as God is hard or harder than me and never say a word. I'm not talking about style. 
talking about need, urgent need, desperation. Beg God, dare God to move. I dare you, God, move. I beg you, move. On Wednesdays, we want to try to institute something Sunday mornings. I don't care if you stand in a circle. I don't care if you walk. I don't care if you kneel. All I say is please come and say, God, we've got to have a move of God today. Bind the enemy. Pray for people. And then Saturdays, again, another whole hour, one hour. But you know the college game is on DVR it. Whatever, we got so many ways. This is the challenge. Michael, please help me with some music. The altar is open for you to please come lay this stuff before God and see what God of all prayer tells you, what he says about the time and what we need to do. Please come. Don't be afraid to come. Don't be afraid to hear God. Just come. This church has been planted and kept by God and God alone. Many storms, many broadsides, many tsunamis, but here we still are.